Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. My friend, how are you feeling today? How are you feeling? And I ask you to pause. Often, this is a question I ask my clients How are you feeling? Are you feeling happy, sad, frustrated, stressed, shame? overwhelmed, curious, compassionate? Are you feeling empathy? Are you feeling awe? What are you feeling? Check in with yourself right now. I felt a lot of overwhelm. I felt a lot of anger and frustration, (laughs) defeat. (laughs) It has been a summer, my friend. It's so important to check in and ask yourself, how are you feeling? And you've heard me talk about this time and time again on the show, right? Our feelings give us messages. They're giving us information to help us process. It's not a bad thing to feel what would be considered either a negative feeling or a painful feeling. It's not bad. It's what it is. And then what you can do by understanding what that feeling is, is you can understand what's the story, what's the thought in your head, what's going on with you inside. And you can allow yourself to feel it so that you can move through it. Because there's that famous saying, whatever you resist persists. If you don't feel it and then you try to numb or outrun it, here's the secret, my friend. It goes with you because wherever you are, are your feelings, they're inside of you. So you cannot outrun it. So I invite you to start this as a practice of how are you feeling without judging, being curious about it. How are you feeling and identifying it? The more that you can understand your emotions, the more that you can increase your own emotional intelligence, which allows you to move through this year that we're having of 2020. (laughs) And I just have to laugh (laughs) because I also cry a lot too, but I just have to laugh at, holy moly, a year ago, I was in Australia, in Sydney, in awe that I was living this dream of mine that I never thought could be possible. And here I am today living vicariously about my past life. (laughs) And that just helps me have a little humor in this challenging summer that I've been living. And that's okay. Like I, as my daughter reminded me in our kitchen, there's a sign and she's like, cause I was complaining about something last night and my daughter goes, but mom, remember we can do hard things. Cause I have the sign in the kitchen that says that <laughs> it's all of it right? There's great things, there's difficult things, there's things to be grateful for, but we really want to be able to experience all the feelings. And you're going to be like, no, no, Corinne, I don't want to experience all the feelings. I just want to experience the euphoric feelings. Here's the problem, my friend. If you're not willing to experience the painful feelings, you're not able to feel the great feelings. If you dim the bad, you dim the good. 
So what we want to be able to do is to feel them all and to be able to move through them so that we're not stuck in them and know that there are some dark feelings and that the light will come up the next day or in a bit, right? And that's what's really important. We need to have hope to move through things. So one of the things that I have thought about in the last couple of weeks was, you know, this life of mine, (laughs) and I have to laugh because I might start crying with you. This life of mine that I have is definitely not the life that I envisioned for myself and definitely not my dreams, right? Or at least my 20-year-old dreams. My 20-year-old dreams were I'd be on Omic Lake in Ontario with friends and family in the water. And today, I think it's 107 degrees in my town. And after I record this, I will be heading out to the pool deck. So that's my current reality. We're going to be heading into a heat wave. And we are in a heat wave. I just haven't gone out into it yet. So my reality is I'm in Davis, California. And it's not a bad place to be, right? There's so much for me to be grateful for. And I will appreciate my air-conditioned home once I step out into this heat in a little bit. So it's not a bad place. And this growth that I've gone through this summer of this challenge is allowing me to become stronger and braver. And here's the ugly truth, my friend. Becoming stronger and braver is not easy. I always talk about the fairy godmother. And we want her to wave her wand and say, bippity boppity boop. And we want it to be just this transformative experience. But the truth is, is that stronger and braver typically comes with hard. My friend, growth is not easy. And it's definitely not the fairy godmother waving her wand. As much as we may all wish that it was, it's not. So in the future, I'm going to be doing a podcast about the truth about brave leadership. So keep an eye on that. But I just wanted to catch you up on my latest happenings. (laughs) Laughing, crying, being angry, frustrated, being grateful. I have felt every feeling this summer. I felt shame. I felt joy. I felt calm and confidence and peace. And I felt it all. Anger. Did I say anger? I felt it all. Curiosity. And that is how I'm going to talk about this next topic of today's show. It's this concept called standing with yourself. So as a coach, right, I've been a coach for, oh my gosh, 27 years. I've been coaching. I've been coaching humans with their behaviors and their mindset and their emotions. And I see patterns that arise right? This is what I've been doing for decades, whether I'm a swim coach, a life coach, a leadership coach, I'm a coach. And in swimming, there are technical aspects, you know, of swimming, right? Like the strokes and that kind of thing, or the training. And there's also the mindset and the emotions and the behaviors that contribute to the athlete success or that can get in the way. But in life coaching or in the leadership coaching that I do is I had found out something interesting about myself. And so I created this program. It's a group coaching program that I have called Be the Leader of Your Life. And in this group program, we do really deep work with the clients. And not only do I create the work that they do, I also do the work. That's kind of like one of my rules is I must live it to be able to teach it and give it, right? I don't want to just be on the sidelines telling you what to do. 
I live all the stuff that I talk about. I have my falling down moments. I rise back up. I feel shame. I learned how to move through it. I've learned how to feel my feelings, right? Everything that I talk about is also what I live. <laughs> and so we were doing this one pillar. This It's a module. I call it pillars in the group. And there was a workbook that I created. And so I was doing this exercise ahead of time before we had come together as a group. Holy moly, did I uncover a reality in my own life. There is so much power. You've heard me talk about writing. There's so much power. There's such value in workbooks because these questions can help you get connected and give you a framework so that you can get inside versus if you journal, there's great things about journaling and a blank piece of paper and you can pour it out. The nice thing about questions in a workbook is that there is a container and there's a process to take you through. And yes, I realize I created it, right? So I went through this process and what did I learn? There were four key periods of your life that you got to choose to kind of look at and be curious about. And I don't know if I want to say examine, but really reflect on. And I uncovered this pattern that there were three that were difficult times and one, which was a great time, but how, especially in those difficult times, I would abandon myself. I would abandon myself. I would not stand with myself. So what does abandoning yourself look like? It looks like beating yourself up, saying really mean things to yourself, judging yourself, what you say, what you do, who you are, judging yourself. You know what I mean? Abandoning yourself is thinking others do it so much better than you. It's not trusting yourself. Numbing yourself is another way to abandon yourself. You don't want to feel it. So you disconnect by numbing. I was really good at that with food. It's also sabotaging your goals, your dreams, procrastinating. I used to be a huge procrastinator. That's another way to abandon yourself, not honoring those commitments. You've procrastinated so long, but while you were procrastinating, you didn't even enjoy the time because you're whole stressed about how am I ever going to get it done? You know what I'm talking about? Or not having your own back. How often have you done that where you didn't have your own back? Another one that's not necessarily my go-to probably was at some point in my life, but definitely not now. And I have some friends that do this, but self-deprecating right? And people often self-deprecate with a mistake that that's being humble. Like, let me put myself down, but you're abandoning yourself. It doesn't mean you need to be narcissistic or, you know, arrogant, but we abandon ourselves when we self-deprecate or when we blame ourselves. Everything is always our fault. (laughs) They did this and it's therefore my fault. Raise your hand if you are that, because I've done that many times. So those are examples of how we can abandon ourselves. And throughout much of my life, my answer to whatever problem I was facing was, oh, well, of course this is happening, Corinne, because you're a loser. I mean, that was like my boom, go-to answer. There we go. That was me abandoning myself. Or it was, oh, Corinne, you're not allowed to have good things. And I would abandon myself. Or here's one that probably many of you are familiar with. Corinne, you must work harder to prove yourself. 
right? For a long time, I didn't know I was proving myself to be worthy, but I was proving myself for some damn thing to be accepted, to be good enough, to be okay, right? To be worthy of love and belonging. I was working harder and harder and harder. Or you maybe have the belief of once you do it perfectly, then you're going to finally be safe. And usually the safety is around belonging, having a place to belong. (laughs) Another one that I would use is if only I could be like fill in the name, then it would be okay for me to finally have my own back. So those were the ways that I abandoned myself throughout my life. And I'll be honest with you, it can be really easy to fall back in that way. While I've really done a good job of standing with myself, I have to remind myself to stand with myself and have my own back and evaluate, own what do I do well? What can be improved on? Which is a very different way than when I would blame myself or beat myself up or tell myself I was the problem. So over the years, I've worked on stopping all the ways I abandoned myself. And while doing the deep work of my Be the Leader of Your Life program, I realized this simple phrase, to stand with myself. And my friend, I invite you to stand with yourself. We must all stand with ourselves. We must all be our own best friends and have our backs. We must, because if not you, then who? We need to count on ourselves because life is full of challenges. There's some that we create and some that are part of life. Like COVID is a challenge that none of us saw coming, right? But it's happening and we didn't have any creation in it. And if you're telling yourself that nonsense, please stop. We have challenges and that's okay. That is an opportunity to become braver and stronger and more resilient. And I get it. Some days you want a recovery day. You don't want to always be braver and stronger. I get it. I'm right there with you, my friend. But we also must rise back up, right? Because we know we can hear it inside of ourselves. We can feel it. And here's the other thing that's really important. To be clear, standing with yourself does not mean making excuses or rationalizing your way of being. It doesn't mean that. It's not like, oh, that's okay. I'm just not going to own that thing that I may have done. No, you stand with yourself. What did I do well? What can I improve? What's working? What needs improvement? Right? Own your strengths, own your flaws. Never come out here and said, I'm perfect. I'm amazing. Listen to everything I'm to say. I'm flawless. (laughs) I screw up names and things and phrases all the time. It's okay. And for some of my people, they appreciate that about me. And some of my people think I'm ridiculous and that is okay. Standing with yourself is taking all of you, all of you in. We all have strengths and we all have flaws. Remember, we are humans. We need to stop this harmful quest of perfection of not making mistakes, of not allowing for our flaws to be here. Your best friend knows all of you and they love you. Your kids know all of you. (laughs) 
And they really do love you. (laughs) It just may not seem like it, right? You have family that knows you, partners, husbands, wives, they know all of you. We may think that we're hiding those parts of ourselves, but we know. So we want to stand with ourselves and love all of ourselves. And this is so important that loving all of us ourselves, because that's what standing with yourself means. And I used to think that was cheesy. Like, really? I'm going to love all of me? Oh, yeah. Let me get you a Hallmark card. (laughs) That's my armor, right? That sarcasm used to be really sarcastic. But now I know how important it is to love ourselves. Because here's the thing, my friend, our relationship with ourself is the most important relationship. Because if we can fill up with love, then and only then do we have the capacity to give love to others. Because this summer, this year has been so hard and I have not been an easy person to live with or to be around. But thank goodness that I can love myself because it's so much easier for me to be loving to others. And I have not been a basket full of joy this entire time. But if I didn't have this, if my old self from 15, 20 years ago was here, that would have been really destructive. And this was something that I learned from Brene Brown in my first interview with her back in like, what was it? 2011 right? We were supposed to talk about letting go of perfection. And I really wanted to understand about her academic journey and graduating from university at 30 years old. Cause I thought that's a great story. How do you become a PhD and you graduate from undergrad at 30? And then we're going to talk about letting go of perfection. But then we spent a huge amount of time uncovering important research that she had come up with. And back then I had a hard time understanding this concept. So remember, like you may learn something, but to really get it in and to understand it and be able to understand the concept of it, it may take time to get in your bones. Give yourself that space. This is a long time ago, what, nine years ago, right? Her research showed that your ability to love other people was directly correlated to your ability to love yourself and that you could not give what you did not have. And when I read that before prepping for an interview and I was like, oh, hell no, that's not true. I love my kids way more than I love myself. I'll put a link of the interview with her in the show notes because it's a fantastic interview for you to listen to and you can listen to her, how she walks me through it. And she gave me something that was really concrete because her daughter's a year older than my daughter and was going through junior high. So it was something that I was able to attach to. And that helped me break through this prison wall that I had of, no, I love my children way more than I love myself. And it became this way for me to learn how to love myself so that I can love those around me. So almost 10 years later, and I really understand that important research of hers in my bones that I really can't love others more than I love myself. And my job is to love me, not as a narcissist, but to love me so I can have love to give to others. Today, my friend, in the middle of this COVID mess, in the middle of this amazing year of 2020, (laughs) I stand with myself. 
And it takes bravery to do this. It takes being self-aware. It takes being willing to be uncomfortable and really look at the hard things about myself that no one really wants to do. And this, my friend, is accountability. It's how one doesn't rationalize or run away from the current situation, but really looks at and identifies what works well and what can be improved. Because we all have failures or falling down moments. We all say the wrong thing. We all lose our cool from time to time. This does not mean that we are bad or broken or unredeemable. It means we made a mistake. So if we sit here and preach the growth mindset, right? That's such a concept that Carol Dweck came up with, with her research. And we've been talking about and talking about it. And then we don't allow that space for ourselves to have, right? But we need to, if we preach the growth mindset, if we love the work of Brene Brown, if we love this idea of the American dream where one can change the trajectory of one's life, then my friend, we must stand with ourselves instead of against ourselves. And how we go about doing that is we need to improve our self-talk. We need to stop judging ourselves. We need to reflect, hold ourselves accountable, unpack what we do well, take a look at what we don't, be willing to hear feedback. And that's hard. I don't like it either. But be willing to hear feedback. We need to stand with ourselves and trust ourselves and stop comparing ourselves to other people. Stop thinking other people do it so much better. We all have our strengths. If you want to call them your gifts, like you don't want me to be teaching you karate (laughs) or to balance (laughs) neither of those. You don't want me to do that. I have different strengths than you. We all have our beauties in this world. So we need to stop comparing ourselves and thinking others can do it better because it's not a race. That's really important. I have a side note here. So on the pool deck of the Aqua Monsters and pre-COVID days, this 65 meter pool, and there's all these various coaches on our staff and, you know, and I'm the director and I send a lot of leadership and emails out and I had to overcome my own comparisons because you could look down and it was, you know, there's all these great athletes who are coaching. And then, you know, there's my husband who's coached Olympians. And then there's an Olympian, Scott Welts on the deck. And I remember I would be like, well, you know, of course, all these other people want to swim with these people, not with me. What value do I bring? And this is a story to tell myself, I don't know, five, 10 years ago. And I had to learn that like none of us are for everyone And we are actually better together than we are individually. So there's different aspects that we bring to the team that actually makes the team better. That's another reason why we must stop thinking others do it so much better. We all have different strengths, but when we work together, we actually are stronger. We rise up together and we can carry our strengths and we can serve more people. We need to stand with ourselves and stop numbing, feel, experience 
be present. It's okay. It's okay to cry. Feel. And actually you can let it go and it feels so much better. We don't want to sabotage our goals. We can do experiments. Like it's not permanent. Well, most of the time it's not permanent. So it's important to think about like, what are ways you can mitigate risk? And this is something I'm always encouraging my clients. Like, remember, you're going to go try to do something. What's a way that you can do that with mitigating risk? I'm not very, you know, I would say that I'm conservative risk taker, but I am an entrepreneur. So there is some risk, right? I left a tenure job. So I, I do like risk, but I'm still on the conservative side. So what are the steps that you can do to pursue and to test out your dreams? instead of sabotaging yourself. Stop procrastinating. You will love standing with yourself and honoring your commitments to yourself, treating yourself the way that you would honor a commitment to somebody else, whether it's a friend, a child, a boss, colleague, a partner, treat yourself that way. Start having your back. Who is a person in your life that you will become a mama bear? You'd be ferocious and tenacious for no other. Do that for yourself. And I'll be honest with you, this is not easy. It's so much easier for me to go and advocate for somebody else than myself. And I'm working on that and I'm getting better even as I stand with myself now. I'm continually evolving and growing and learning. And if you're one that self-deprecates, I invite you to stop it. Stop doing that. Talk to yourself with kind words, right? Laugh with yourself. Don't laugh against yourself and stop blaming yourself. Own your part and don't over own your part. So my friend, those are the ways I invite you to stand with yourself and be you, all of you, because that's the beauty. I mean, think about it. Think about those that you love so much. You know all of them and you love them. Even when they don't put their socks away or wash their dishes or whatever it may be. And I know that sounds tedious, but it's one of my pet peeves. But you still love all of them. So stand with yourself and love all of you and continue to work on becoming the best version of you. And it doesn't mean that you have to go outside. It's really about taking off this armor. You know, when I talked about earlier about sarcasm, sarcasm was armor. It was a way to protect my heart. Like, let me throw this out there and kind of think I'm being funny, but it's not feeling very safe. And I learned this when I was coaching kids when I was young, you know, I would like use the sarcasm to kind of hotwire connection, but it also created this disconnection. Really, that's what it did. And I had to learn and I had to get that feedback and that wasn't easy, nor was it fun, but I learned to stop using sarcasm and I learned to start standing with myself. And yes, there are times that I abandoned myself and I go, come back here, Corinne, be with me, stay with me. And I'm so much stronger with all parts of myself than by abandoning myself. So my friend, my invitation to you is to stand with yourself, to have your own back. And in a week or two, we're going to have an interview with my friend Hiro Boga, where we're going to talk about all of ourselves. So until then, 
Stand with yourself. Love all of you so that you can have love for other people. And this is what we need to get through this really challenging time. Doesn't mean we're sitting by the campfire and pitching a tent and saying boo-hoo, but owning this is challenging. These are tough times and we will get through this. All right, my friend, I am smiling big for you. Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts and television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR and then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it going to be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things, but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so.